welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports fan perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, May 24th. Ian Cameron will have Alex B. Smith, Jimmy Murphy, Andrew McGinnis momentarily joining the show as well. My colleagues, uh, looking forward to breaking down the Tuesday card. A big Tuesday here for the Ice Guys, as usual. Our daily show, plus the BetCast, tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Same as always, send me a DM if you want to join us on the BetCast. Live betting analysis uh, and watching the games as they unfold. We're definitely looking forward to that. We've had a ton of great guests daily throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. A lot of players that have played the game, former players as well. But it's finally nice to bring on an ice girl onto the uh, show for a change. I know it's the ice guys, but it's nice to have an ice girl with us for a change here on this uh, Tuesday edition. Uh, happy to welcome in uh, Allie O'Neill. She bets NHL hockey the last, I would say, couple of seasons. Uh, Allie, welcome to the ice guys. Great to have you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. Ready to get into the crazy NHL playoffs we got tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ali, talk a little bit about how you got into sports betting, uh, you know, your interest level, how you got into it, specifically NHL, because we were talking before the show that hockey is really a sport that's grown on you. It's how can it not? It's just the best sport there is. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, but tell us how you got into things. Yeah, so um, being in Colorado, definitely see all those advertisements on the TV with all the legalized sports books. So um, I just actually turned 21 kind of last year or so, so got right on that. And then um, I really got into hockey. I really thought hockey was a super popular sport because in Colorado, everyone likes the abs. But um, I was really surprised to find out just kind of throughout. It's, it was really an untapped market, um, especially in a lot of those props and stuff. So definitely a lot of value in there question and you've been working with a couple of different sites i believe the last couple of years as well which ones again tell tell our viewers yep so um i'm currently with caesar sportsbook doing a lot of content stuff for them and then you can also check like my plays on sportsline and then odds checker all right great stuff and uh by the way i like how uh ali you said you know i waited till it turned 21 then i really got into it full bore i can tell you alex and i we didn't wait till 21 yeah, definitely <laughs> not definitely not that was not, good old Nevada, yeah. <laughs> that was not happening for the two of us uh alex b smith with us alex how are you good hungover uh <laughs> celebrating the the tampa sweep uh that was a, a just an excellent game i mean bets aside that was just fun hockey to watch and, and you, know, you had the drama with the you know two goals coming calling back and, you know, just good physicality. Obviously, uh, Vasilevsky with an amazing performance, 49 saves, the most for a, a goalie in a closeout series. You know, we I talked about on the on the BatCast a couple of weeks ago, and I said, is he already in a, a Hall of Famer? I mean, the numbers that he's put up in the, in the playoffs, and he's a back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champion, the Vezina Trophy winner, like – his numbers right now in just what five or six seasons are just remarkable. And, and, and this, you know, train keeps rolling on with the, with the Tampa Bay lightning. There's a reason they're the back-to-back -back champions, the way that they were able to play and, and the shutdown defense in the first 20 minutes and, and, you know, finding ways to get a couple of gritty goals that, that empty netter at the end, of course, which is huge for me. I had the puck line as well. So uh, it was a fun game to watch. Of course, Colorado, St. Louis, that was a great game as well. You see the power of the avalanche, you know, they can turn that offense on literally in seconds. Uh, and run away with the game. So it, it's just, like I said, just, you know, more crazy hockey. And we got a couple of good matchups tonight. And, uh, you know, things keep rolling on as we get closer to that conference final. 
and congrats to you, Alex, on the plus 750. Uh, that was a great price on Tampa Bay to sweep Florida for nothing. Uh, he bet it, Allie, before game two uh, because we were all worried that Florida was going to somehow spit the bit uh, in game two, find a way to lose that game. We were kind of not happy with the way they finished game one. And Alex was banking on, well, if Florida loses game two, they're probably going to not win a game in this series. He had little confidence in them going back to Tampa Bay for game three and for game four and them winning a game. Uh, and it was an impressive sweep by the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing. One team played playoff hockey. The other didn't. All right. Yep. That's really that simple mm-hmm. uh, in that series. You got to block shots. You got to be positionally sound. You've got to be good defensively, strong, structured. And more importantly, you have to have good special teams. You know, power play and penalty kill is always important in the NHL, even in the regular season. But in the playoffs, it's even more important. You can't go one for 30 or whatever it was on the power play in the playoffs, Florida. You were good enough to get past Washington with that lousy crap power play. You're not going to get past uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning with a power play that was just, it killed momentum. Like, it's not only the power play didn't score. It's not only the power play didn't convert. The power play would barely got chances Barely got quality looks at the net on Vasilevsky. Just total momentum killers. That's the one thing your power play cannot be. It cannot be a momentum killer for you uh, in a game. And it was consistently over and over again for the Florida Panthers. Now, credit to them. uh, They actually, you know, in terms of territorial play and shots and that, they didn't play that bad last night. But at the end of the day, they're not burying their chances. And Tampa Bay, the few chances they get, Uh, They finished off. So a great job by the Lightning. And look, they got pushed to the limit by the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. And they were this close from not even being here in the second round. They look like they have upped their game to another level here now in the second round. And you talk about how they were put through the ringer, seven games against Toronto, Alex. And the fact that they played two years in a row where they've gone all the way to the wire, winning the Stanley Cup, this rest that they are going to get following this four-game sweep. You can't understate it enough how important this is going to be for the Lightning. Get some rest, you know, heal up any injuries, bumps and bruises. You're a little bit fatigued. Now you're going to get the opportunity, basically, to rest, and that's going to be a huge, huge positive for the Tampa Bay Lightning as we go to the Eastern Conference Finals. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, definitely. Not not only that, but like you said, also you get Braden Point possibly returning as well. He's been skating yes. the last couple of days, so you add him back to to the fold. Uh, like I said, this team just looks as, as strong as they have in, in each of the last two seasons. Like I said, they've just been building momentum with each win. Uh, it seems like like they get stronger by the period almost, uh, based on how things went uh, with the game four. So, like I said this is a key rest, and obviously now they're I'm sure they're hoping that you know Carolina and, and the Rangers can go all seven games which is kind of what that series almost kind of feels like uh, and, and get as much rest as possible and, and hopefully take on either one of those teams that might be a little bit beat up where they have that rest advantage. And of course, just the advantage of, of winning 10 straight playoff series. And a shout out, by the way, to, first of all, Alex for just sweeping the board last night. That was phenomenal. Lightning money line, puck line, the four, nothing series prop at plus seven fifty. Great job. I'm also going to shout out in the press conference. Sometimes you got to be a man about it and and and, and basically, you know, admit your mistakes, right? Say when you've done something wrong, I need to be better in a I always say that. When I have a, sh- a shitty day on the betting board, I'll come right on the show here and say I got to be better. That was a terrible day I had. You know, I don't hide from it. We don't sugarcoat things here. We own up to winning days, we own up to losing days. Andrew Burnett, the head coach of the Panthers said, "I didn't adjust on the power play enough." You know, and, and it was clear as day. They were doing the same thing. 
over and over again, and it wasn't working. And I kept saying, come on, coach, you got to throw some different looks on the power play at this Tampa Bay team. They never did because he just said, you know what? I thought with just how amazing our power play was all year, we'd eventually figure it out and get it going. But that didn't happen. So, And he didn't really adjust the look, the scheme, you know, the tactics on the power play at all. But he admitted it last night after the series ended. And I give Brunette credit. It's not easy to come out there and say, I, I didn't do a good enough job. You know, a lot of these guys have big egos. They really have a ton of self-confidence. So when they come out there, the coach, and they say, hey, I got to coach better. I've got to be a little bit better. I got to give Brunette credit for saying that after the uh, series sweep last night. Uh, Allie, what were your thoughts on that as the lightning roll past the uh, Panthers? Oh, man, I, I'm not a – sorry to anyone who's a lightning fan. I'm not really – happy about it um i really wanted the caps actually to kind of win that first round because i really did think um i knew the panthers just based on what we saw last season i mean the lightning they shut them down in the playoffs so um and they really seem to be one of the few teams that is able to shut down the panthers because i mean there's no doubt that they're just insane when they play anyone else except for tampa bay and i really do think that if the capitals would have been able to get through and um win that game seven that we would have actually maybe seen a little bit of a different scenario and potentially um, the Capitals given the Lightning a little bit better run for their money. Uh, no question. Uh, we'll see if uh, Tampa Bay can, like I say, this 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 little stoppage and this little rest that Tampa Bay is going to get now until the conference finals. I mean, you talk about how dangerous, and look, they swept Florida without Braden Point. They're going to get this rest. They're probably going to get Braden Point back uh, in the conference. I mean, really, it, it's all hands on deck yeah. now for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and look out for them. Uh, once again, moving forward. And Vasilevsky, what is that now? Another shutout in a, a elimination game. He's just the king of giving up one goal or less uh, in an elimination closeout game. And I believe Nicholas Earl, who's a, a regular viewer, listener, he's been on our show as guest as on the BetCast a bunch of times. I believe he had the lightning to win via a shutout last night in the game yeah, at 12 did. to 1. I believe he bet that. Because I think I saw it on his Twitter account, and congrats to him. Great call there. 12-1 to 1, lightning shutout win last night uh, for, over the Panthers. Great stuff. Uh, we've got Jimmy Murphy. Jimmy, what's going on? How are things? And uh, thoughts on the uh, Panthers are getting swept? Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, welcome aboard, Allie. Um, you know, I, I think, look, I think we all knew it had an into last night what was going to happen. But, look, the Panthers actually, I thought, played the best game in their, of the series uh, that they had in this series. I they came out. They didn't look like they uh, were out to a strip club until four in the morning the night before. They uh, they looked like they no, got they a lot of rest. Um, but unfortunately, they had to face Vasilevsky, and obviously, he was just a difference, and he'll he'll continue to be that way. Um, and great point by Yui. And now I didn't even think of that. Look at all that rest they're going to get. They're going to get healthier, uh, and it's just like all of a sudden that path is really opening up for us to see. Uh, man, I think the first. Three P probably of your lives, uh, and I think it would be the yep. second, uh, no, the third of mine because I'm an old man. I saw the Islanders and New Oilers. I don't remember it, but uh, it, it's just an amazing feat for them to do that in the salary cap era. If they can continue to do this, that's going to be unreal. Yeah, no doubt. Andrew, uh, Andrew McGinnis with us. Andrew, welcome back. Hope the weekend was good. Uh, Ta Tampa Bay sweeping Florida, and that was a series bet for you. So uh, Tampa Bay, happy to see them get it done. I am sure. Yeah, I had Tampa on the series. I didn't think it was going to be that easy, though. But I really was shocked by that price at around plus 145, 150. But, um, you know, I got I to gotta, I gotta mention the joke we're seeing all around Twitter right now. I hope they scored more the night, the night before than they did last night because, uh, you know, getting shut out like that in a desperation game, it goes to show that shot count is a lot different than shot quality. And they did have a lot of chances, but Vasilevsky is just a brick wall. And 
when you've got a team that plays so well like they do defensively and there's such a deep forward group and then they get bailed out whenever they need to by Vasilevsky. I mean, Steven Stamko said it best. He goes, he shocks us every time. I mean, it's not like he doesn't expect it, but he always makes those big saves. You know, if they give the puck up uh, to start a game or end a game, he always makes that big save. So um, one thing I will say about the Tampa Bay Lightning that I'll say about a lot of playoff teams, they can win low-scoring games and they can win high-scoring games. I told you guys before, I thought that if Tampa, if the, Light, if the Florida Panthers were going to win a game in the series, they had to score three or four goals. Unfortunately, they scored three in the entire series, and that's just not good enough, obviously. So uh, quite surprising there. Uh, I'm with you, Ian. I think it's, you know, I respect the head coach saying that. I actually just watched that before I came on with you guys. Um, but at the same time, you'd like to see someone like Markov say, hey, I got to score more, you know? I mean, the, the, the player coach, yeah, sure, he's got he's, he's to say that stuff, and good on him for saying that. You know, he's, I'm going to have a sleepless summer potentially, but... Um, I was watching a video yesterday about uh, all the players on Florida Panthers saying that they probably have the nicest cars on the league and Lamborghinis and G wagons. <laughs> well, put up, put, put that money to use on the ice. You know, that's why you're getting paid to do is score goals, not buy yeah. cars. And uh, Hey, Tampa Bay showed up and they didn't. So it wasn't much of a battle of Florida last night. Not a much, you know, what do you talk about a series with such expectations going into it? And it just fizzled right before our eyes. That's exactly what we saw with the uh, lightning and the Panthers. Not exactly the series we all thought uh, it would be, but yeah, go on down the list. Everybody's at fault. You know, Claude Giroux didn't do much in that series. He had one point. I mean, Verhage was the star of the Washington series. We got no, no points out of him. N nothing zip from Carter Verhage in that second, in that series against Tampa Bay, uh, Barkov only one point. Uh, Huberto, not much uh, other than uh, a point, I believe. I mean, everybody at fault. Everybody at fault. And by the way, Joe Thornton got a chance to get cracked the lineup last night. Uh, I don't know if this was, hey, he's going to spark the team, or this was, hey, we might be done after tonight. Let's give him one more game in case he calls it a career uh, after the season. Great point. Peyton Clark actually brought that up, that had that theory that, you know, maybe this was just, you know, Florida, a way to get Joe Thornton in the lineup in case he retires at the end of the season, but 42 years old, obviously, and very, very possibly his final game uh, last night. Like, I honestly think he'll be retiring. Uh, I don't know if that's for sure, uh, but, I, I, you know, the guy barely got ice time down the stretch. He had played in just the one playoff game last night. You know, you got to think this could be the end of the road for uh, Jumbo Joe uh, in the National Hockey League. So uh, definitely a great career if this was indeed it for him. Uh, St. Louis, Colorado, the second game last night, um, Boy, it was a good start for St. Louis, although you can say it was a good start, but they did get outplayed in the first period, uh, even though they had a one nothing lead. David Perron capitalized on the chance, and David Perron was at the uh, center of everything uh, going on in that game last night because he, he was their best forward offensively, no doubt a two-goal performance from David Perron. But boy, he had a he had a burn under his saddle last night when it came to Nazem Kadri. I mean, what was going on on the ice was really something. I mean, obviously the Blues still bitter about losing their goalie. Jordan Bennington collided with Kadri in game number three. Uh, but when you look at uh, last night, uh, the Blues, you know, kind of lost their composure and really didn't heed the words of their head coach, Craig Berube, who said we're moving on, you know, from this incident. Didn't look like the Blues players were moving on from it. Uh, they were chasing around Kadri all night, a couple, especially Perron. I mean, he just basically a, a full-on assault. Uh, of Nazem Kadri there in the second period and took a brutally costly penalty that led to a five on three that the avalanche made him pay on and Kadri getting the goal on it. And if you're Nazem Kadri, you got the blues running around after you, 
And by the way, I don't know if anyone caught this on the highlights, but David Perron, not only with the, uh, the, the, you know, assault on Kadri, you know, basically, you know, trying to punch him in that on the ice led to the penalty. He tried to throw an elbow at him right after he scored uh, on one of the goals, like a flying elbow. He came right after him, run charging at him with that elbow. I mean, it didn't miss him. Uh, Kadri got out of the way, but uh, that was dangerous. So, uh, obviously Perron wasn't thrilled about the uh, Kadri uh, Binnington situation, but he kind of lost his head uh, a little bit there. But the best thing Kadri did all night was he ignored all of it, ignored all the shit, and he said, you know what? I'm going to focus on scoring goals and helping our team win. No retaliation. No, I'm going to come back at them with violence. I'm going to come back at them with scoring big goals and putting this team down 3-1 to one, uh, in the series. And that was a great job by Kadri last night. He's learning. We're seeing a guy growing up. We're seeing a guy maturing in front of our very eyes, in my opinion. You know, of, of all the things going on, Blue's upset, maybe trying to take physical liberties with him last night with obviously the in, uh, inexcusable, disgraceful racial taunts that he's been getting uh, on social media after that Bennington incident, that going on as well. He just put it all aside, focused on playing a hell of a hockey game last night for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, un- unbelievable performance, a hat trick for Nazem Kadri, and he said it after the game. I'm more valuable to my team on the ice than watching. And he has learned from years of bad plays, cheap hits, and has he been a bad, you know, has he acted bad, poorly, bad behavior on the ice in the past? You bet he has, no doubt. That's why he's been suspended a bunch of times. But we're seeing a guy learning from it uh, as we speak right now. And the performance last night was just absolutely phenomenal from Nazem Kadri. And he said it after the game, you know, I'm maturing now. I, I know I've got to stay on the ice and help my team win. And he said, there's no way I'm coming off this ice with this group right now. We're, we're focused. We're hell-bent on getting this done, winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, all the things you wanted to hear from Kadri in the post-game interviews he did with both TNT and Rogers uh, after the game were the things you wanted to hear from him. Uh, just a phenomenal performance. And after a great first period from Huso, the floodgates opened against him in the second. But, you know, it was just one of those Colorado taking a stranglehold of the series type of nights. Although credit to the Blues for battling back to make it 4-3. But at the end of the day, Colorado just a little bit too much firepower uh, for this St. Louis Blues team. Jimmy, we'll start with you on this one from uh, last night. A big win for Colorado and a hell of a night for Mr. Kadri. Yeah, look, um, first off, I just want to because I think it must have happened, um, you know, right before we went on yesterday. Uh, just I'm so disgusted by Craig Berube right now. Uh, here's a guy who during his playing career uh, was suspended and fined for a racial slur, calling Peter Ruel a monkey. Uh, and then yesterday, when asked about what's being said about Kadri and, and the threats, the death threats, the racial slurs, he just brushes it off like it's no big deal. I don't want to talk about it or something. Oh, yes. Too freaking bad you don't want to talk about it. And I'm sick and tired of these fans and people out there right now saying, why do we have to make sports political? We we didn't do anything. The media, Nazem Kadre, his teammates, the Colorado, they didn't make it political. It it was these idiots who did what they did and threatened him. They're the ones that brought racism in there. Death threats. Death threats, too. By the way, let's let's family people out there. Racism is not political. If you're on a political side that supports racism, then you're choosing the wrong side there. Okay, it's not it's not a political thing. It's a right and wrong. If anything, I know we disagree on everything today with the Democrats and Republicans. But if anything, we can agree that racism is wrong. So shut the hell up about bringing politics into sports and 
Athletes should shut up and play and not bring awareness to this. I can't stand that anymore. I love when these athletes do this. I love when they take an opportunity like this to turn a positive. And good for Nazem Kadri that he turned it into a positive on the ice. And he channeled that emotion that he surely was feeling uh, into a victory for his team and, and got a hat trick. And for people saying, oh, he was being arrogant, showing up the crowd. He could have done a lot worse to the crowd than he did. So these Blues fans, you know, and, and specifically the Blues players, some of their players, Perron, other guys, Bennington, they need to grow up. And, and Barubi should be fine for not taking the chance to, to condemn what happened there. It's disgusting. And the St. Louis Blues as an organization didn't even say anything either on Twitter. I mean, it's just disgusting representation yeah. of the game by the St. Louis Blues as a whole. And I hope they get their goddamn ass kicked in game five. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's it's unfortunate. Now, do you want me to tell you how I really feel? <laughs> no, I, I, I think we know. I think we know too. But you know what's unfortunate? Because one of my best friends that I've met uh, in the you know doing this and Guy Morenci, uh, his show, and I've, I'm on his show every week, and he's a listener of that show. It's Brandon, uh, Brandon Boyd from St. Louis. He's a great person, a great Blues fan, and I feel bad for him because the the the, the feelings of Blues fans don't reflect on him and, and a lot of Blues fans. But unfortunately. Unfortunately, there was there's a there's too many of them that make it look bad for everybody else, uh, and that's exactly what ended up uh, happening. So feel bad for Brandon that he you know he's got you know Blues fans you know fans of the team he cheers for you know having to do that with. Nazi I think, guys, I just remember. Sorry to go on, but like I just remember you know I covered the Bruins Canadian series in 2014. Yeah, and there was some racial slurs put online about PK Subban. I think after game. Game two, maybe. I want yeah. to say it was game two. I'm not sure. It might have been game five or one or the other. I mean, during that series, he was a victim of racism, as he has been so many times. And the Bruins immediately, the organization released a statement condemning it. And yeah. then each player, I'm, I'm talking every single player I spoke to after that, condemned it and called and said, you know what? They're not Bruins fans. They're yeah. assholes. And we don't want assholes in our building. I forget yeah. who said it. might have been Sean Thornton. We don't want assholes in our building. Yep. Yeah. If that's yep. how you're going to treat the game and treat us, yep. then get the hell out. Yep, and that's that. Yeah, right. Not 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 tickety boo. Not a thing from the Blues. A Twitter statement, a, a quote, nothing from coaches, players, the organization about it. So you're right. From that standpoint, that is disappointing. Uh, Alex, thoughts on the game last night? Yeah, and like I said, you know, it's great to see Kadri, you know, have a game like that after the you know shit that's going on with him, and it it reminds me of what happened this weekend. My White Sox, Tim Anderson, same deal where he had you know a racial thing going back and forth with Josh the Donaldson. Donaldson. Yeah, he, the and then he comes back on Sunday yeah. Sunday night baseball, hits a three run home to help help the Sox win. So, you know, same kind of of effort. You know, brush it aside and and play your game, and that's what Kadri did. And like I said, the growth of Kadri too, just you know where we've seen him, you know, kind of be that pesky player and, and take some dirty hits and get suspended and hurt his team over the years. Now he's grown to, you know, like I said, become a more mature player. Uh, like I said, staying on the ice, knowing his worth and and, and how he can help his team. And uh, He did that with the hat trick last night. So so kudos to him. And it's just unfortunate that him and his family as well, they uh, posted stuff on Instagram of all the things they've been getting, you know, uh, messages and so forth, and it's just it's just sad that they have to go through that, and it's, it's just a shame that we have to talk about this yeah. over and over again. And, and that you know things haven't changed one bit uh, over the last you know 60, 70, 80 plus years in sports, and with with all the racism. So it's unfortunate for that, but with the game itself, I mean, you know, Colorado, like I said, you know, they're one of those teams that can just turn their offense on in a hurry. I mean, two goals in sixteen seconds, three goals in was about a minute and forty five. Uh, and the Blues just really didn't have a way to answer back. Most teams don't have a way to answer back from uh, that kind of offense. And, uh, you know, now, like I said, 
game five going back to Denver uh, and who so seemingly possibly rattled a little bit. I think this might be a big blowout finish for uh, Colorado as they move to the conference final. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Allie, your thoughts on uh, the game and the series, Blues and Avalanche? Oh, yeah. I mean, what a series at first. I thought, um, you know, the Avalanche, I was really worried um, they were going to just sweep it all. But um, I think the Blues, they really did kind of put it up in the first part of the game that we saw last night. But um, like Alex said, the Avalanche, I mean, that offense is really just instantaneous and they'll go off. And we saw that a lot um, in that third period, especially um, this season at home. So I think once they take it back to Colorado, it's really just going to be kind of unattainable for the Blues, and I would be surprised after all this and with Huso to see them even get another game. Yeah, it could. It'll be tough on them. And you said uh, before the show with me that uh, you've been to some Avalanche games, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're love to go to those in Colorado. So that's why I was yep. hoping at least the Blues would get one, so I could go tomorrow because I didn't get to go to the first two. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be that'll be a, that'll be a raucous environment. Because look, they're now one win away from the Western Conference Finals for the first time in the Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, Miko Rantanen era. This whole great era of those three players leading the way for the Avalanche. They've never been to a conference final, and here's their chance to finally punch their ticket uh, if they can close it out in Game Five. Uh, all right, let's get to tonight. We've got two games. We've got, we'll start with Eastern Conference Game 4, second-round series, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers. Uh, even money here, minus 110 both sides, total 5.5 across the board here. Um, I, I actually do lean to the Rangers here, uh, even though I like Carolina in this. I don't know. To me, the more I see this series, the more I think it's going, going to end up being Carolina in 7, just like it was in the first round. I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes are still 0 for in the playoffs on the road. You know, the Hurricanes still have not won a road game here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 0-3 on the road against Boston. They lost game three, game four, and game six. They lost game three the other on Sunday afternoon to the Rangers. So they're now 0-4 on the road in the playoffs. They've just had a hard time winning away from home, this uh, Hurricanes team. And you look at the Rangers, there's a lot of things you like about game three. Defensively, the team defense was outstanding. Igor Shosturkin, maybe his best game of the playoffs. Yeah, it's actually funny. The one goal he gave up was a goal he probably should have stopped, but he more than made up for it uh, in that game with a bunch of big saves, over 40 shots he faced, uh, and he allowed the and he made that two to one lead for the Rangers stand up until Tyler Mott got the empty net goal to make it three one. Uh, and then Carolina got under the Rangers' skin after the game. Max Domi's running around chasing after Ryan Lindgren uh, with a cheap shot after the game. Tony D'Angelo flapping his gums. That guy can never shut the fuck up. Uh, he was chirping at uh, Gerard Gallant at the end of that game. Uh, so now the Rangers are riled up a little bit by this Carolina team. You know, they got a little bit angry. Uh, and and the Rangers, certainly, when you look at this series, Carolina's up 2-1. to one. You could say the Rangers could be up 2-1 to one in this series. And that's me as someone that took Carolina. I bet them at plus 105 to win game one and win the series. It was a combo bet, plus 105, which now means I've, basically got Carolina plus 105 to win the series. I still think they're going to win the series, but the Rangers are very much in this. Remember, they were two minutes away from winning game one. They were up one nothing. Sebastian Ajo ties the game with two minutes to go, and they win in overtime, two to one. Uh, the Rangers could have won that game, and if they do, if they hang on instead of letting the Hurricanes tie it, they're up two to one in this series right now. So the way I look at it, this has been a pretty close series. And I've just seen no evidence of Carolina winning on the road. Uh, so I would go with the Rangers here if I were to bet it. Um, it'll be a small play, but because I do think Carolina will push back harder tonight. But 
at the end of the day, they have not won on the road here in this postseason, and the Rangers are going to feel pretty good about their position in this series, knowing, hey, we actually could be up 2-1 to one instead of down 2-1 to one if Game 1 played out a little bit differently. So Eileen Rangers minus 110. Uh, the five and a half now, I mean, I'm telling you, I am getting tempted by an over in this series at some point. Gerard Gallant said after game three, there were a ton of chances. You know, even though we've had three unders in this series, there was a ton of chances. It was a lot more wide open than it's been in the first two games in Carolina. You know, if you get goaltending just a little bit less than stellar from either Ronta or Shesterkin tonight, you know, the chances that we saw in game three equaled that the, there should have been more goals. So I'm very much tempted by over five and a half. Definitely lean in that way here at a plus price here uh, in game four tonight. Uh, Allie, we'll start with you on this one. What do you think game four, Carolina, New York? Yeah, so I'm pretty much going to say exactly what you said in the terms of I really do think Carolina is going to take the series, but just for the fact they haven't won a game on the road, this playoffs has really been interesting and would definitely put the value kind of more at the Rangers. Um, I will say I'm kind of leaning on the under here, but I would also think maybe if the Canes win, it's going to stay under. But, um, you know, with these playoff games, it's also can get really weird in the last period. And then we can see, oh, um, if the Rangers end up getting a win, maybe by like tying it in the third, that's really when you're screwed um, if you parlay them. So um, I would say maybe like a consider the play on the under, but that five and a half is pretty scary. Um, just because that six is really a terrible score to land on with that empty net there. Um, so I would actually kind of think there's definitely value in the Rangers tonight, but maybe even I know the team total goals is kind of like at two and a half. And a lot of these times it's kind of been winning by three so, or winning through goals. So I think that's definitely some value there. All right. Good stuff there. Uh, by the way, um, this I fell into this uh, pitfall with Carolina in the first round where Boston got the game that I thought if Boston's going to win a game in this series, I said when they were down 2 nothing, it was going to be game three. And I thought Carolina was really going to bounce back strong in game four in Boston and you know put Boston behind the eight ball and go up 3-1. And they were starting that game very well, and then they ran into all that penalty trouble. I remember it well in game four, and the Bruins got back into the game, and they ended up winning game four. And it's that once-bitten, twice-shy theory. You know, I took Carolina game four thinking, hey, they're the better team. They can go on the road and win a game. And they didn't, you know, and they got into penalty trouble and they found a way to lose. It was a disappointing third. The third period in particular was a disaster for Carolina in that third period in Boston in game four. So that's where I'm at right now. I, I'm not ready to trust Carolina to put their foot on this team. They didn't against Boston in a game four spot. And, and, I, and I'm distrusting of them to do that here tonight. Uh, against the uh, New York Rangers. Jimmy, what do you think here? Hurricanes, Rangers. Well, guys, look, I'm going to keep it short and simple here since I ranted before. Uh, give me the Rangers straight up and give me the under. All right, there you go. Rangers and the under. Nice and short and sweet there for Jimmy. Rangers minus 110 and also liking the uh, under uh, in this uh, game. Uh, it looks like, uh, by the way, um, looks like uh, Andrew and Alex, by the way, <laughs> Andrew's having issues with his dog. The dog's got to go to the vet. There's some issue there with that. So we hope Andrew's dog's okay. And Alex is uh, uh, having tech issues, I believe. So we'll see if we can get Alex back on. But either way, uh, we'll continue along. We've still got uh, me, uh, Ali, and Jimmy. Let's go. We'll move on to the uh, Battle of Alberta. Welcome to live shows, folks. Uh, Western Conference, second round, game four. Battle of Alberta, Calgary, Edmonton. We've got Edmonton minus 115, uh, home favorites here. Uh, the total six and a half in this game. Um, I'll tell you what, Calgary's got to make a hell of a lot of defensive adjustments after what I saw in game three. Speed through the neutral zone, too much of it. Uh, 
Rush chances allowed to the Oilers, far too many. Um, breakdowns defensively, far too many. Uh, and like I said, they the going back to game six against Dallas, this team wasn't giving up a ton of shots or chances, but they were giving up far too much high quality and high danger chances on Jacob Markstrom. Dallas was just not the best team to finish those chances. Why is that? Because they're Dallas. They're not the best offensive team. They're not the clinical. That's a soccer term. They're not the most clinical offensive team in terms of finishing those grade A chances. Well, you give those same chances to Connor McDavid, to Leon Dreisaitl, to Evander Kane, Kyler Yamamoto. You go on down the list to this Oilers group. They're going to make you pay for giving up those high danger chances. That's exactly what they've done. And that's exactly what they did in game three. Uh, in winning that game. So look, this is definitely a spot for the Flames where they've got to figure it out. I don't know what you do defensively. Maybe you got to put your five-man defensive unit, line them up in the neutral zone and dare this team to chip and chase. You just cannot give them that neutral zone speed and let them get those transition and rush chances. I think you've got to try to go that route if you're Daryl Sutter. And I think he will. Uh, I think they're talking about playing more physical, slowing the game down. I think they're going to try to line up five in the neutral zone because I think they know that that area of the ice killed them the other night uh, against the Edmonton Oilers. So they're going to try to slow this Edmonton team down. Will it work is going to be the question. Uh, Edmonton certainly did their part for uh, the over uh, trend continuing in this series in game three, but Calgary did not do their part. So for the first time in game three, we saw the series, uh, a game in this series stay under the total. Uh, in game three, will that continue tonight? Uh, that remains to be seen. I'm still, I'm still not in a rush to bet an under with these two teams right now. But I think if you like Calgary, and I do, I do like Calgary here. I, 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 I cannot think, I cannot imagine that Calgary won't have a much better, harder, tougher effort and, and all around performance, 200 foot performance tonight. I think it's both ends of the ice. This Calgary Flames team shows up tonight they, they, they've had too good of a season we've we did see them down 2-1 against dallas in that series they came back and they won it we know there's character we know there's grit on this hockey team uh i, I think you get their best tonight and i think they even up this series that's all due respect to what the oilers are doing mike smith the thing with mike smith too though is as magnificent as he was in game three and he was sometimes that next game he's not that same guy he's a little more ordinary i'm not going to say he's going to be bad tonight but I think it's very difficult for him, especially at this stage, to have that kind of game and then be that good again the very next game. So, no, I think you're going to get Calgary's best tonight. Uh, I like them, minus 105 here. Uh, I think we're going to have a 2-2 series going back to the Saddle Dome. I know the Oilers played great the other night, but sometimes you know momentum from one game doesn't always carry over to the next. I think this Calgary team kind of feels embarrassed with just Connor McDavid and Vander Kane in particular. They were going Harlem Globetrotters you know, on the Calgary Flames the other night. That's exactly what was happening. They were just toying with them. They made Noah Hannafin look foolish at times uh, on the blue line for the Flames. So, you know, I think the Flames are going to really respond. This is where you find out the spine uh, of a hockey team and if they've got their guts in them and fire in their belly, no pun intended. Uh, I think the Calgary Flames do have that tonight. So I like Calgary to even it up, minus 105 money line. I lean to the over, but I like the Calgary side a little bit more. As far as props go, I think Blake Coleman had an egregious turnover that led to one of the goals for Edmonton in game three. You watch him score tonight. I think he will. Blake Coleman shows up. I think he gets on the board for the Flames. Uh, you could look at Dylan Dubé as well, who's had a bunch of chances. Not And certainly Kachuk, Monaghan, not Monaghan, he's injured. Uh, Kachuk, Goudreau, uh, and uh, Lindholm 
they got badly outplayed. Let's be honest. Sometimes it's just as simple as the best players on one team outplay the best players on the other team. Kane, Dreisaitl, and McDavid just destroyed Lindholm, Kachuk, and Gaudreau in Game 3. Simple as that. Uh, they were dominant, and, and Calgary's best players were inferior uh, in comparison. So I think you got to look at It's got to start with those three. Lindholm, Gaudreau, Kachuk. They've got to show up for Calgary tonight. I think they will, though. I really do. I think they will. I think this Calgary team's had far too good of a season here uh, to let it just go quietly into the night. So I'm going to trust the Flames here to tie this series up. Jimmy, what do you think here? Calgary, Edmonton. Yeah, you know, look, guys, this is something I might jump in live. If you put a gun to my head right now, I'm going Edmonton, though. I just something about I don't like the feel I get from Calgary right now. I really don't. Uh, something's missing all of a sudden from them. Uh, and look, what, what can we say about what McDavid's doing right now? I don't care how bad the value is. Just take a prop on him. Think of anything. I mean, you, you bet four goals, he'll probably get it. Uh, that's how on fire this guy is right now. You look at some of the stats. I, I was, if you go, I you go do the research right now. But if you go up and look at the points that a lot of Con Smythe winners had over the course of the whole playoffs, and then look what he's doing in two rounds. It's it's just absolutely insane. So. Uh, you know, if I, I was going to, like I said, I'm going to jump in this live, but if I was going to do something pregame, I would go Oilers. By the way, yeah, you, Connor McDavid, what he's doing in the play, what is it, 23 points in 10 playoff games for Connor McDavid. He's averaging 2.3 points per playoff game. I think it's the That's same insane. exact thing Sidney Crosby had in, in 2017 is what I read. Yeah, it's been unbelievable. and Over the whole playoffs. Yeah, that it's it's been insane to see this. Now his points prop tonight is one and a half at minus one sixty five. <laughs> it's he's still got he can't bet it under. I can tell you that the guy's averaging two point three points per playoff game. So one and a half, he gets to two. That's a winner. Now you got to lay a price. It is minus one sixty five. I get that, but that's some that's it's over a pass for me. Yeah, it, no it, I think he's gotten to two in like all but one of the games. So it's right. Like, it, it, it's crazy, right? I mean, if you think about it, two guys. I, I mean, look. I like I like Milan Lucic a lot. I got to know him when he was here, and I want to see him do well. And I like some of the old school hockey teams like a Calgary. But right now, what this game needs, they need a Colorado Edmonton series. They do. I mean, let's face it, guys. And you need either an Edmonton or Tampa Bay or a Colorado Tampa Bay final. It would be great for the game, great for marketing, great to bring you know fans sort of on the borderline. Do I like the NHL or not? They'll jump right in if you get something like that. You know, in prime time, down to the final four. So. It'll be good for the game if the Oilers do advance. Yeah, no question. I'll tell you what. Is you feel like I think Calgary can tie, win this game? I, th I think Calgary will win this game, tie this series up. Although, look, if it, I, I will, even though I'm on Calgary, I won't be totally shocked if Edmonton goes up three one because I'll I'll say this about Game Three. Not only was Edmonton dominant and the, the rush chances and the speed through the neutral zone, it gave Calgary's defense fits. They looked like a much faster team than Calgary. In game three, Calgary looked like they were skating in mud, quicksand, whatever you want to call it. They look completely like a snail compared to the Oilers. And maybe there's nothing you can coach. There's not, no tactical adjustment you can make that will fix that. You know, they're going to have to hope that this whatever structure defensively they go with. And I think they have to resort to just lining them up in the neutral zone. Old New Jersey devil style. I hate that a team may have to go that route, but they may have to go that route, Calgary with what we saw in game three. And we'll see if they do that. Uh, Ali, uh, what do you think here? Battle of Alberta. It's been the best series here in the second round. What do you think here about game four? 
Um, I'm going to have to lean with the Oilers for this one tonight. Just, I mean, they have the home advantage there, but um, I mean, it's really hard because I do think we, like we saw in game one, we saw Calgary and their offense can really just go off. So um, I would actually more though, consider um, the Oilers team total that three and a half and that's at like plus 120 right now. So I definitely don't think that's a bad deal because I mean, Markstrom really has just been terrible this season against the Oilers. So it's not like it's just up to here. I mean, I've seen some people saying that in the chat. I mean, he's continuously been yeah. fairly bad against the Oilers. So I think, I mean, this whole season, I think how many times have they played like five, six times, but I know like only one of those starts, he's allowed at least four goals. Um, so it's kind of like, especially there, why not take it? And I know the Oilers have really done well this season um I also do like that McDavid prop but I would probably only like parlay it with something just because that juice is really high but um even then it's still I mean I wouldn't mind losing if I'd cashed on it especially other times in the season so um I think it's definitely going to be an interesting game but I don't know I wouldn't take a total in this one because if Calgary wins it's going over I think all right so yeah Cal because you would think that even if Calgary wins and obviously if they win they're going to score goals Edmonton's still going to get theirs is what you're yes thinking. exactly yeah so I think that's kind of the safer prop there yeah I mean you, I can't argue with what you said Allie about the struggles of Markstrom against this particular team I mean this does go back to the regular season where he's had a great year but he's have obviously had his share of issues here uh against the uh, Edmonton Oilers Not a lot of goalies will but you know Markstrom in particular has had some struggles he's got to be better too I mean, you could certainly the defense leaves a lot of the blame has to go to them. But look, Markstrom does have to be better. He's got to make some more saves. You know, I've, every time every time that the uh, Oilers have a two on one, I don't expect Markstrom to make the save every time. But, you know, it seemed like every two on one on Markstrom in game three and even before that in game two, they're scoring. Can, can, can you give me one save? I mean, one save on one of those chances. That's all well, I'm asking. Even last for. season, I mean, he was just terrible. I mean, he was terrible against those like three and then like go give up seven goals the next game. So, I mean, it's really, I don't know if it's the Oilers just have him figured out. So it's kind of like if they're starting him tonight, like, I mean, I just no reason to not bet the Oilers in my opinion, but, or at least the total there just for the goals. Cause we have to then rely on Calgary um, to score even more. <laughs> That could be a way to go about it if you if you if you think Calgary will bring a strong effort and have a chance to win, but you don't fully trust them defensively or their, or Markstrom and Net to shut them down. That's always the way you can eliminate the worry and just bet the team total with Edmonton. You don't have to worry about them winning the game. It's what we always say about that. It's what we do in baseball a lot. I mean, uh, when I think in the lineup is going to hit a terrible pitcher, but I don't trust that team's own starting pitcher or their bullpen, for instance. Just bet the team total. Take the other, you know, the other element of it out of it completely. It makes the game so much more enjoyable to watch if you're not sweating it out till the end, too. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. Because if you take the money line instead, it's the baseball analogy. You got to worry about your own starting pitcher, and I don't like to do that. If I really think, hey, this lineup against that pitcher from the other team, they're going to crush that guy. They're going to just absolutely mash the baseball. Bet the team total. Just do that. Take the money line stress and worry out of it and what their own pitching staff is going to do. So we uh, that's why the team totals are absolutely a good look, no question. Rich H in the chat saying Edmonton and over 5.5 plus 250. That's pretty good, a combo bet. There you go, Edmonton to win and over 5.5 goals plus 250. It's not bad. Uh, I wish you luck with that, even though I like Calgary. I, I'm going to stick to my guns with Calgary. I understand you know, Edmonton made them look foolish the other night, but this team really that bad all of a sudden they're just going to crumble here and just go meekly quietly into the night against maybe they will because boy they have a lot to fix tonight 
going into this game. The Calgary Flames will see uh, if they're able to do that. The, the props I like for the Oilers, by the way, we mentioned McDavid. It's almost hard not to bet over one and a half, even if you're laying juice. But don't sleep on Kane and Yamamoto and some of the other players. Hyman, definitely. I mean, Hyman, you got to stick with as well. I know Leon and Connor get most of the prop bets from people when it comes to Edmonton player props, but uh, Yamamoto, Kane, and Hyman have been the more undervalued player prop options for the Edmonton Oilers. So I think they're definitely all, once again, worth a look tonight. And like I say, I think Calgary, I'm going to really take a good, decent chunk on the three big guys for them tonight. Lindholm, Goudreau, and Kachuk. They've got to be big. In a spot like this, they need to answer the bell, plain and simple. Uh, and uh, let's see if they can uh, do that tonight for the uh, Calgary Flames to try to tie this series up at two games apiece. All right, great stuff. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, Andrew and Alex earlier. Uh, we thank them for joining us for a bit. And, of course, our special guest, uh, Ali O'Neill, did a great job here on the uh, Tuesday edition uh, of the uh, show. Uh, we'll get to best bets uh, to wrap up the show uh, in just a second. Before we do that, though, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN. Uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, must be 21 years of age or older, must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. Uh, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. Osby, I like what you're saying about Tyler Toffoli in our chat. Uh, Tyler Toffoli props for Calgary. He's been with Daryl Sutter. Backs against the wall in the playoffs before m- multiple times. Will he elevate his game? We know he's done it in the past. He's only plus 110, Tyler Toffoli, to get a point tonight in this game. Plus 110 and plus 210 to score a goal. You know, that's worth a look in my... He does have two points in the first three games of this series uh, for the Calgary Flames. And you would think after a debacle in game three, a guy that's won a Stanley Cup with the head coach of the the Calgary Flames right now, Daryl Sutter, back when they played in L.A., that Tyler Toffoli is going to be a good consideration. That's actually an excellent find, Osby, because I, I, I didn't include him with that Lindholm, Gaudreau, Kachuk group in terms of player props. I'm looking to bet for Calgary tonight, but he should be in that group. He, you know, he's a guy that usually answers the call. You know, in this kind of very important pivotal playoff game for a team for his team. So, I think the Tyler Toffoli prop look makes some sense for sure. Uh, tonight in this game. All right, great stuff. Uh, but we'll wrap it up now with best bets. Uh, Jimmy, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like here for best bet? Guys, I- I'm going to go uh, with I- one thing I want to add to a prop on the uh, Oilers here. Give me Tyson Berry to score a goal. Complete gut feeling dart at the wall here, but Tyson Berry to score a goal at plus 600. As a wow, there, there you go. All right, excellent. All right, best bet. You know what? I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of waiting on the, on the side on Edmonton there. So I'm going to stick the other game there, guys, and just give me the Rangers straight up to win. I like them to tie this series. All right. New York Rangers minus 110 uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes for a uh, best bet for uh, Jimmy Murphy. And like in Tyson Berry 
Anytime goal score plus 600. Talk about going to the bargain bin uh, for Jimmy Murphy with that uh, player prop. Absolutely uh, outstanding value. And, you know, he's going to get number one power play. You know, he'll be out there on the ice quite a bit. And he had five shots on goal, Jimmy, even though no points, five shots on goal uh, for the Edmonton Oilers in that one victory. He's due, guys. I can see why you're looking at that. Five shots. Five shots. I mean, there's a chance that, you know, if you if he's going to get five shots on goal tonight, you know, there's a decent chance he finds the back of the net. So, uh, interesting. I like it. Plus 600, going for the value. Tyson Berry, uh, Edmonton Oilers on the blue line to get a goal tonight. Uh, Allie, thanks for joining us. What do you like for your best bet here tonight? Well, I think I'm going to go with the Oilers team total over three and a half, um, plus 120, just because there's some definitely some really good value in there. But I would only take it if Markstrom starts. So I would wait to confirm because, you know, there's no like listed goalies in hockey. But um, that's definitely something I like considering they've cashed it all but one of the times they've seen them this season. So definitely some value there at home, especially. There you go. All but once has the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, team total over uh, not, uh, this season. Yeah, this season, it's been good. So every game except one, we've seen that Edmonton team total over cash in. Uh, Allie going with Edmonton team total over three and a half at a plus price uh, for her best bet right here on the Tuesday uh, Ice Guys show. All right, my best bet is going to be. Uh, oh, this is a tough one tonight. This card, these two games. I'm going to go Calgary. <laughs> I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to go Calgary. My, I'm going to buy into this team that's been just a, a terrific season overall. This is where you find out, you know, guts, you know, find a way, make your adjustments, be better. You need this game tonight. You don't want to go down 3-1 to this Edmonton team. You've had a hell of a season. Show up tonight. I'm, I'm going to bank on the Flames showing up tonight. Calgary minus 105 uh, against the Edmonton Oilers for my best bet for this uh, Tuesday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the show. Rem- reminder, BetCast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you want to join us on the live BetCast, live betting analysis, we'll have our uh, uh, our drinks with us. It's like a pub and bar atmosphere as we just chill watching the games. If you want in on the BetCast, send a DM uh, to me, and I'll make sure I send the link to you before the BetCast begins. So looking forward to that tonight. Uh, great show. Uh, we appreciate everybody joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Uh, Ali, just some final words from you before we wrap up. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to getting some good games tonight. Absolutely. We are definitely are hoping for some good hockey. And you can follow Ali O'Neill on Twitter at Ali underscore sports. Uh, and a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Jimmy Murphy, Alex B. Smith, Andrew McGinnis, and our special guest, Ali O'Neill, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll see you for the BetCast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. The Ice Guys BetCast presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.